0: Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is May eighteenth, and we have a very special guest today. Small cap scientist is here. How's, How's it going, guys? What's going How's on? There? Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, fired Thank up you. to be here. Good yeah, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, anytime, anytime. Excited. So, um, I so lots lots to talk about. I think like the first and most exciting thing, especially for this group of D is like we are still on the sugar high uh, or the. The sustainable high of Curve USD. And I think there's a lot of things um, now that we've seen the UI and now like that it's becoming more and more real in front of our eyes. There's a lot of things that we can talk about. But I think, um, you know, taking a step back and like looking at the greater context of our industry and like even macro finance and just everything where we are. Small cap scientists, how do you understand what Curve USD is and how it's going to change DeFi?
1: Yeah, 100%. So I tweeted this yesterday that 99% of people aren't ready or don't understand uh, the implications of Curve USD. Like, I, I truly believe that this changes absolutely everything for DeFi. Uh, it's going to really promote an entire DeFi 2.0 summer. Um, and a lot of it just starts with like where we are from a bigger picture standpoint. Um, like, we're in an environment where inflation's like running rampant, interest mm-hmm. rates are rising. People are looking for innovation within DeFi. Um, I'm guilty of it myself, but we can talk <laughs> about Solidly forks only so many times, and like some of the inflation that they have before we get entirely bored, like entirely bored of it. So this is finally some massive innovation in the space, and um, it it really comes at a time where I feel like it's needed and can bring life back into DeFi. Uh, so I mean. Uh, part of it's just uh, being able to take loans out against appreciating assets. So, as you can see, like uh, there's a massive demand for all of these LSDs, ETH staking, being, becoming a validator. And the reason being is if you're bullish on ETH as an asset and it's paying out, say, 7% a year, if ETH goes to 10K, you do a 5X, you're also earning 5X from a USD basis. Like mm-hmm. the issue with that is it's not really like it's a yield bearing asset, but It's not as productive for um, bringing liquidity back into the space. So Curve USD really fixes that because you can take an asset like STE, deposit it, take a loan out against it. And one of the biggest, uh, I I would say, innovations is you don't have to worry about getting fully liquidated. Um, I mean, myself, as as far as many other people, is, um, we saw Aave uh, as well as MIM, like some of those other big protocols last cycle where... All of these people just got like, they're entirely wiped out by some of these loans. Um, Like uh, if something went below your liquidation level, you'd lose pretty much your entire position. Crypto is extremely volatile, but now you're able to take a position on ETH. You can earn yield on it. So it appreciates in price and then take a loan out against it without the worry of being entirely liquidated, which that in itself is such a massive innovation. And I don't think the market has really fully comprehended what that means. Um, especially um, just from an innovation standpoint. But just yeah. to clarify, you do still have to worry about being entirely liquidated if you take out two degen of a position. You, It's of still course, possible yes. for your health to get like wiped out. But we hope everyone on the stream is responsible. Now, this financial advice.
0: Yeah, but doesn't it, if the price recovers back to where it was, even after you get fully liquidated, it'll like rebuy again and you get into yes. the position Yes, yeah, if, if the yes. price goes back up, if the price shoots to zero, then there's nothing you can do.
1: Well, if you take something like, like say STE or some of these LSDs, they they appreciate just based off of the yield they're earning. Mm -hmm. So like your position will eventually get back there as long as you're not buying ETH at a high and then taking out a massive loan against it. Like obviously you're going to get liquidated there, but the idea is like you shouldn't get liquidated as long as ETH appreciates. And what there's two big things that I think a lot of people are considering with this. One is all of these all of the capital that's in validators right now. This is gonna like take all of that capital and allow people to take loans out against it, which just supercharges liquidity across the entire space. All of these massive people, like uh, these holders, like uh, I want to say, like VCs, whales, who have these positions, they're gonna have liquidity to play around in different ecosystems that they didn't because they've been locked in validators. So they're gonna be able to take loans out, which just absolutely supercharges liquidity um, at relatively low risk, and that's something that like I think most of them are gonna take advantage of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one of, one yeah. of the things that like I've been thinking a lot about of how curve curve USD just and and let's be clear, every time there's a new innovation in a primitive like this, we are about to see the entire industry like fork around it and like really change to, you know, fit this like new paradigm. And like one of the things I'm thinking about is like we're entering a world where, like, you, you know, you could take loans against your staked ETH positions before. Like, it was just in this, like, much choppier way in something like, you know, Maker or something, where, yeah. like, these huge liquidation walls would create, like, really scary, um, like, volatility and vulnerabilities for people taking out those loans. And so we're we're leaving that world, which is amazing. But we it does seem like we're entering a world there of, like, programmatically, like, incredibly high momentum and high inertia price movements. And if we like see all of um, basically like a huge amount of capital on any specific asset that it it, like kind of being captured by one of these llamas, it's like anytime a a price moves in a liquidation range, like that, that has like a potential of creating a sweep that like kind of can't be stopped. Yeah. Does that that resonate with you?
1: No, it does. I mean, like I I think the automated market maker piece is one of the, uh, biggest, I want to say innovations. Like not mm. only do you not have to worry about being fully liquidated, which is scary. When you're when you're talking like a VC or whale size where you're doing 50, $100 million loans, like you get targeted. A lot of your positions, like I know how many people just track my positions on chain and I'm not, I'm not nearly that size. And like, even with that, like you could be targeted of people trying to do flash loans, trying to tank your positions to liquidate you. Um, it was a big thing as soon as the market started to turn uh, really, I want to say what, like with when all the UST and LUNA stuff happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as as part of that, like the automated market maker, it's like when you look at some of those big VCs, like jump was part of like the LUNA, UST debacle. They actually ended up leaving DeFi and crypto because of it. Like they're being looked at by the SEC, but now you don't have to trust that market maker. There's Mm going to be liquidity. It should always be pegged to a dollar. Um, assuming that the algorithm um, actually works, uh, which I, I don't think there's going to be issue with. I trust the Curve team, but um, I think we need to see it scale first. But with that, like you're not going to have to worry about the market makers like siphoning off all that profit. And all that profit, once again, is going to get kicked back into DeFi. It goes directly to um, like Curve, uh, locked Curve holders. And I think that, that that's a massive market in itself. I know we saw people talking about The million and a half position that they did, that they let get liquidated, and um, really showed like the fees on it. If it scaled to a billion plus dollars, um, how much that cr or vecrv holders would earn, and the numbers Hmm. are pretty staggering. But that's keeping the money in 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 DeFi instead of out, like pushing it out to somebody like Jump. Um, So I I think that alone is just massive.
0: Yeah, um, and also like all
1: the stuff built on Curve. Yeah, and
0: and Curve had kind of been suffering from a. Uh, I guess, a problem of racing to the bottom with fees, like you look how their fee structure had had uh, essentially changed for like the stable pools, that's always going to be working down towards like whatever, like one BIP eventually, maybe like five BIPs or something like it's really a race to the bottom. And you kind of have to just expect that, that uh, volumes in the stable pools are going to grow exponentially somehow, right? So that fees can track and Uh, provide enough value for vcrv stakers now you have a a much more profitable uh, lending facility which uh, could potentially change the whole narrative around around like what curve is and and kind of the the revenues that come through and as curve is kind of the the bedrock for so many other projects in this space right i can think of probably at least 10 to 15 projects just building on curve off the top of my head you know all of that gets translated and it all kind of goes downstream so if if curve can figure out how to be highly profitable then there's there's an entire industry that's built on top that will benefit from it.
1: Yeah, I mean 100%. And like I think the most important piece is it's keeping the money within defi. And that, and that's that's a large piece of it, but the other thing that I don't think uh it was back to like kind of my second reason that I don't think people realize why this is such a big deal is I saw just Uh, what, two, three days ago, everybody was super excited at the Tether announcement of how they were taking, I don't know, was it 15% of just their profits and investing that back into BTC? Like, it was all over Twitter and everybody was praising them and saying, like, hey, what does USDC do, like, to help, like, promote the environment, all goes to BlackRock, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a massive Tether fan, but like what this actually does is it takes a lot of um, the banking risk out of everything. So not only do you not have to worry about like where Tether's reserves actually are because they don't tell you, you don't have to like have a massive worry around um, USDC's backing or what who they're banking with. I think we all saw a massive scare a few months back with them depegging, uh, but also like you don't have to worry about that depeg due to banking risk. I think that's one of the biggest uh, scares when it comes to macro. Um, is like where is a lot of these this backing for these stable coins sitting what happens if one of these does heavily dpeg and curve is honestly like i've said this multiple times on twitter but it's always the last line of liquidity when something breaks it's always curve that is the last thing to go you watch the curve pull slowly being drained and when that runs out everything like just becomes a whirlwind and it it all goes to shit but um with that being said like this decentralizes that stable coin um and what people don't appreciate is it's all like there's going to be a very large portion of this backed by things like like steth and other lsds where that's just sucking up a ton of supply like it is going to pump eth and like all of these lsds so heavily it just secures the eth network even more and on top of that it helps everything in defi um, move to like a more sustainable path because one you have a de-risking with a decentralized stablecoin and two like a ton of the ETH supply is going to be like like locked up into curve USD. I won't say locked up, but it's going to be used back and to grow this. Um, so as it starts to take more and more market share, it it really does just pump everything on the entire ETH ecosystem, which I don't think a lot of people appreciate.
2: Yeah. No, I mean I definitely agree with you that at the end of the day, like ETH locked away um, is good for price. And what's interesting is we used to talk about like ETH locked away into staking was like ETH that was off the market, but then we created LSDs and like undid that problem (laughs) or or undid that solution. So anyway, um, just uh, like, I I want to like kind of like give you the opportunity or like push back a little bit or, or however you want to phrase this. but like I think a way, like a cynical way to look at curve USD is like, it solves the curves revenue problem which is great or sorry helps with curves revenue problem which is great and then two it like provides a little more leverage into the system and like that's cool that's definitely cool um we have like institutional level protocols that do that um whether it's ave or maker or you know even um lsd if like <laughs> you think that size is size but um or sorry lusd but um, how how would you describe like what we're seeing here as like truly a step change above and beyond like the dynamics and the, um, the primitives that we have today?
1: Well, I, I think the decentralized piece is massive. Um, so like I think if you have CRV USD and it grows, I know like I see growth projections up to a billion dollars, but. Guys, we're talking like we're talking about Curve here. We're talking about a massive de-risking event, in my opinion. If mm-hmm. I'm a if I'm a DeFi protocol I, and I have my treasury 100% USDT like, or USDC or anything, like it's a massive mistake. If you decentralize a lot of that risk, if you have something like Curve, your really your risk is separated across the entire liquidity layer of all of those stable coins, um, which I think a lot more protocols are going to look towards as a way to de-risk. I mean, you have something like Ohm that does it a little bit similar, uh, but also um, I think that has a few of its risks in itself. And it, I don't want to say it's a perfect model, uh, but it allows you to de-risk some of those larger positions. But that's where I see like a lot of the use for CRV USD. I think my biggest pushback on the system is gas prices. Um, I can see them building on top of something like layer zero and taking it to a ton of chains. And then if you want to picture a world like that, you have CRV USD on on uh, BSC or Phantom or... Uh, And then every single one of these chains, like it's sucking up LSDs from all of these chains or just ETH, like whatever, like really the curve governance decides. Uh, But it's once again, taking a ton of that supply out of circulation. It's making the network more secure, well securing all of these treasuries and decentralizing the risk. You could
2: make an argument though, that like you're sucking up this supply into leverage and that is like inherently less stable, you know?
0: Yeah, but leverage is what drives... You know a lot of the price growth in this space. Right, and, but
3: when I care about, cool. the, it's, it's
0: of course, of course. But I've always thought of Curve as as more of this place where you dump inventory. So if you have a large amount of assets, Treasury, like or you know anything really, you can dump it into Curve and it can pretty much just sit there on chain and you're going to earn a a yield on top of it.
2: Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: and so with if you have good oracles for the inventory that you have. Now, I mean, the end goal really is to, to take all the major LPs that, that Curve has and, and build them into CRVUSD. So now it yep. becomes not only a place where you can dump all that inventory, you can now use uh, the lending facility to then, you know, take CurveUSD and then, and then maximize whatever sort of treasury or yield well, you have.
1: Yes. I mean, I completely agree. And I mean, I think, I think like where I get excited about this is everything that's being built on top of. So, like, I think CRV USD as a whole, like one, I do think it stabilizes the network, decentralizes stable coins. um, And I think the automated market maker is a massive innovation. But, like, where you build it and take it to the next level, it's similar to, like, Curve was very good, like, uh, when it first launched. But I feel like a lot of the value that came wasn't unlocked until uh, CVX came, until Convex came. And then it started to unlock the governance. Like, people started to take, really, um, what you can do with Curve to the next level. Uh, but it's those projects that start building on top that make it very sticky. And like, when you look at something like, like, I mean, some of these haven't launched yet, so I'll call them alpha, but I look at like what curve is trying to do where it's, you can take LP tokens from curve. So you can be in like triple, take those LP tokens and then take a loan out against it. So I can deposit my ST like uh mint us or um, CRV USD. I can deposit that into an LP and then take a loan out against that. So I have two yielding assets. I have a hedge on USDC or US. I have a hedge on the US dollar through my STETH. And then I can take a loan out and like that is self repaying really um, and play around with that money in DeFi. And once again, like what that does is it, it provides liquidity across everything in DeFi. And right now, the biggest issue, in my opinion, is I can't even like as a decent sized trader, I can't even move in and out of chains or positions without massive slippage. Like, like part of like what the automated market maker does is it, it helps that piece. But the second piece that's really needed to supercharge DeFi is liquidity, and like being able to do that. Does it require a little bit of leverage? Yes, but as long as it's done smartly, um, which we'll see if that is the case, uh, it supercharges that liquidity layer. So I'm super excited about stuff like that, um, and also really people unlocking and going after VECRV. So that's the other piece of, I feel like all of these like LSDs, if you're not buying in or own a bunch of like uh, CRV or VCRV to help um, make sure one, your LSD is getting whitelisted and being used as like an actual backing to curve, like you're already behind the uh, pun intended curve. So, (laughs) I mean, I think it just unlocks uh, so much potential for uh, the east side of the house um, on top of the stables.
3: What do you Small think gap, about? I'm sorry. I'm going go ahead. Smonger, who do you think, like, on your bullish uh, vision, who do you think, like, in one year from now, are the main players and, like, most of the TVL on CRV USD will be coming from uh, who? Dow's, uh, whales, uh, new trad fi actors, protocols. How do you see the market
1: yeah, protocols. I think it's protocols. No. Yeah, I think it's mainly protocols and VCs. Like, it, it, once again, the gas is a big issue for me. I, I'm sure they have a plan. They always do. Um, if you could mint on other chains, that that would be ideal. Um, or if like they do have like a partnership, I, I keep thinking that it'll go somewhere in the direction of like maybe layer zero, where if I'm a user and I want CRV a USD, maybe I can go to layer zero and purchase on like a different chain, so I'm not subject to the gas myself. And like what I would actually be suffering would be the slippage. So like if I'm going to like try and get a CRV USD position, I can buy with maybe $500. What that does is it goes a little bit above peg. The automated market maker pushes those fees to VE CRV users. And I get my um, CRV USD on another chain where I don't have to worry about gas. Um, I think that's why the last iteration of CRV USD, like they they redid because of gas fees. But that's that's my biggest issue. And I think that's why it's, favors Wales currently, Um, I think like the growth will be a little bit slow, but a year from now, I do think it's gonna be mainly protocols building on top of this. Um, And like,
2: go ahead. No, sorry, just, I'm looking at some of the notes, uh, the comments here, I wanna jump in real quick. And I, just to keep this continuous, I think the reason why we haven't seen people borrow up to the main cap is you're right, it's gas fees. Like it's still an experiment, it's crazy expensive, people don't wanna do it. But the, the reason I'm cutting you off and jumping in here is someone asked of aping into a specific coin as high beta on Curve USD. We have no thoughts on it. Just to be clear, like, you know, th- this is not financial advice. We're talking about like a well-established protocol adding a new feature that is leverage and inherently risky. Like,
0: well, I think not- I, I think that's uh, Rex. I think that's not what he's talking about. I, I think we can talk about it in a different sense of like uh, specifically conic has has made the point to build on, to like integrate CRV USD into their uh, strategy going forward. I think it's a little bit unclear. Garrett, you probably might know more about this in no, Syria.
2: Lots of people have, right? Yeah. Like lots of people are building, and I think that's great, but I don't think that you should be looking at a token as a high beta play on another protocol ever, but like specifically this is <laughs> not like the moment, where, and this is not what we're trying to express here. Yeah. so like appreciate the question like just want to make that clear to our audience
1: i'm a i'm a speculator and like i i miss a lot of times like like i wouldn't say anything i do is financial advice it's it's i get excited about technologies and like things that are being built on top but i mean uh a lot of this stuff is risky it's the first time that like somebody's trying to do this as, as with a large sum of money so like it's never something you want to go like all in with these but like, is there going to be plays that work, like, work out extremely heavily based off of this just because of some of the TVL and innovation um, that this CRV is going to pull on top of it? Like, uh, then yes. But um, you have to do your own research there. And, I mean, somebody somebody posted, like, you mentioned conic. Somebody posted about it in, um, in the chat, I believe. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'm looking at the right chat. Yeah, but yeah. Conic, <laughs> conic is exciting. Like, I, I don't know if everybody fully grasps what conic is. Um, other than having like one of the coolest UIs I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> like it is just, it's just like, if it works, like this is once again, like high speculation. And I'm a little bit skeptical. It's one of those, you read the white paper and you're like, ah, uh, like not so sure they can make this happen. So like it's, it's omnipoles. Um So like what that would be is I deposit USDC um, and then they whitelist say uh, MIM, uh, FRAX uh, and maybe... Uh, CRV USD um, like a few other stable coins and like what Conic will do is they'll vote on where they're going to pair that USDC so like they'll stripe once again liquidity across all of those different pools but you vote um, I think it's weekly on where all of that liquidity is going to go and this is one like I'm going to say once again that if LSDs don't look at they're going to they're way behind the curve and I don't think any LSDs that I've seen have bought in. Um, I actually don't even have a Conic position today, Um, but I I think if you look at, all all right, all of a sudden Conic controls 100,000 ETH and they get to pick which pulls on Curve Finance those 100,000 ETH are like dedicated to, Um, that is massive for somebody like an LSD um, because they're able to like actually point, like they, they switch the model from saying, we're gonna bribe for liquidity to the liquidity comes to us, and we push it towards our pool. So it's a very big innovation, I would say, on um, some of the current models.
0: Have they released any information about how they're going to use uh, CRV USD?
1: They they just whitelisted it. Uh, like they just passed a proposal, but um, I I haven't seen exactly how it's going to operate though. Yeah. They had a thread uh, some months back um, and I need to find it so we can talk about it on the air. I keep uh, procrastinating on that. Basically like uh, my, my recollection of it
0: is that they plan to use the Curve USD Omnipool in part to help stabilize the peg. Hmm. Interesting.
1: So, I mean, if you deposit, once again, like we'll use the same example of like, if you deposit CRV USD, maybe a billion dollars of it ends up in Conic because, uh, because of the way their governance works, they can pick which polls that those actually allocate towards. And honestly, if you're a big CRV person, you can put it towards a more volatile pool, earn the AMM fees on it, and all of a sudden it's a money printer for the CRV users. So I think it's very gamified when you get to that level. Uh, but I think from a protocol standpoint, it can, it can really, game it's a game changer for some of these. But um, I'm, I'm extremely excited about seeing if they can execute on that one.
0: Well, that's cool. I think we can probably wrap up the CRV-USD discussion there and move on to some of the other news points that we had over the past 24 hours. Uh, The big news also in DeFi land was that Lido had come out with a proposal for LDO staking. And uh, I think it was met with pretty tepid reaction. Uh, This is, you know, it's always a a big question when, you know, you're going to add uh, staking or revenue sharing for a, a, a worthless governance token. And uh, the proposal had that they would redirect 20 to 50 percent of L- of LDO re- or sorry of Lido DAO revenue towards LDO stakers. Uh, it wouldn't really affect any sort of runway issues, and that the the staking terms would be a 14 day unstaking cooldown uh, for all stakers, uh, and and the stakers would essentially bear the risk in case there was any sort of slashing. So uh, they would uh, potentially lose up to 30 percent. And, uh, the, the waterfall losses would go, essentially they have a waterfall style loss schedule where, uh, they have their insurance fund, which would pay up first. Once that was exhausted, then LDO stakers would potentially lose up to 30%. And then after that, you would have socialized losses via, via, uh, holder, negative rebase. Uh, and so I I don't know, there was pretty mixed reactions on this. Um, what do you guys think about this?
3: I saw mostly uh, like uh, people that were not happy with the the proposal, claiming it to be for for example token Bryce and others claiming it to be uh, like too much uh, you know simplistic and at least the way I interpret uh, what I've seen is uh, populist.ic uh, Maybe in a way. Which just talks which just talks about, which just talks about uh, like uh, okay, let's buy back the token and do stuff like that instead of uh, going into more uh, strategically on how they should operate and uh, take the whole uh, vision uh, to, uh, to to a much uh, longer time frame.
2: I guess can we talk about why people are upset with this because like from my reading without going on tw- crypto Twitter like it seems like a pretty reasonable way to like both add utility to the token, like add some responsibility to the token, add revenue share to the token. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> why is everyone so upset? I
1: I think like uh, I, I, so I, I haven't dove into this deeply. I, I read the proposal and like my first thought is like, I'm not a big proponent of paying out rewards or, um, or, Giving anything from a treasury to people who don't give something back to the protocol, well,
2: I would much harder. rather. Oh, well, like, so takers oh, oh, are giving insurance, understand. and then they get back like revenue for that.
1: I, I understand. I meant from like a standpoint of I'd much rather see them lock or have a vault of some sorts um, where they actually like are like dedicating like uh, some time or choosing to opt into the insurance piece um and like kind of splitting it off it seems a little like low effort at first look to me of like um just paying out and every lido holder is all of a sudden responsible for insurance and they're going to get rewards like i well, feel only like
2: light, though, but yeah yeah. Only yeah, with- light.
0: yeah that's that's the thing that we're like is strange to me in that why not just why not put the insurance on the people who don't stake and and rebase them versus like you you protect yourself from slashing events by staking right but it, you know maybe no, no, maybe no.
2: wait wait so in this model it's I understand there's yes. the note you're yeah. not protecting yourself by staking
0: yeah but that's almost what it should be like I I think we're getting into these these things where you know what they need is a ve system if they're gonna go down this road and have like ve light they should just implement a full ve system and just be done with it.
1: Yep. I agree. Well, just because they're doing buybacks. So it's like, all right, we're going to do buybacks. So like, I don't like, what's the point of staking? Like, I mean, you can have a benefit to staking, but you should ask for something in return for them yeah. to get the earnings is all I'm saying.
2: Oh, wait, so they're getting the buybacks are like, they're taking their ETH that they earned buying LDO tokens and then distributing the LDO tokens.
0: Yes. Yeah. So like,
2: I don't, I mean, again, like the, this, you, like you guys say you want a vault or you want locking, but like, it is like a 14 day cooldown period. Like I, I guess like
0: feels pretty short.
1: The buybacks though. Like like the buybacks benefit
2: everybody. Doesn't really benefit stuff, right? LD. You know, like this is like yeah. a pretty common thing.
0: Well, why not just implement a V like a VE system with four-year locking plus uh... well a lot
2: of people like don't believe in that, like philosophically. And I know that's like sacrilege to us in the curve like world, but like maybe Lido doesn't want that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you could you could then easily instead of doing buybacks you could just distribute. I think the the two questions are the two things that I have are like the the cooldown period is pretty short. 14 days is not that long.
2: Fair enough. But like yeah. okay.
0: And and then additionally the buybacks benefit everybody when you could just distribute ETH to cool. your uh stakers.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean I think the Lido DAO is saying like <laughs> I mean I mean why why don't why doesn't Frax just distribute like the we, farm? We, yeah, we've beef? been
0: having those conversations.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I just think that, like, you know, the the conversation on the other side is the Tim Cook side, right? Which is like, this is a more tax efficient way that like broadens up like the the financial value of the asset rather than distributing dividends. This is just the way we choose to do it.
0: Yeah, I guess the I guess the argument would be that th- the it benefits everyone, right? So w- why not just distribute, you know, like ETH or something to like non-stakers or something, or like why should stakers get the benefit when uh, you have all these. um
2: Wait, so just like uh, Randa should get the benefit?
0: No, I mean, like, let's say you get, you're getting 10% of this revenue, right? So you distribute the 5% of the ETH to the stakers and you don't do the buybacks, right? And then you get the native token as, as or so you get ETH, you get ETH back as the staking reward. Yeah. It, I mean, it just, it, like, yeah.
2: if we're just, if we're just tussling over like what the distributed reward asset is, like, I think that's a fair pushback, but like, their response would just be like, part of this program is to defend our asset. And so we're choosing the, again, it's, it's, it's like, I'm surprised that, is this the pushback?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I think there's also that like, once you get into revenue discussions, now you have like proper value. Now you can like actually value the token because you have a model that's fixed in and, you know,
2: that's good though. Right. Debatable. Right. I mean, if for me, like, a, for, like you're trying to build something serious, yeah, <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah. But then, but then, maybe the tokens overvalued. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot more yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I just I'm, don't understand. Not, the point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think my my issue is like kind of the twofold as well. It's just like, all right, one, the buyback benefits everybody, uh, like which. I feel like you should give something to the protocol and I understand the staking, like you end up getting the LIDO token, but I'd almost much rather it, it be another token. And this goes back to tax purposes. Like I, I, I mean, like if you're paying out LIDO, then all of your users are then charged, depending on their jurisdiction, like, um, like 30, 40% of tax, because that's sec- technically income and then it's sell pressure on your own token. So you're buying it back just be- and then having half of what your buyback was distributed, but it has to be sold to cover taxes. So it's like to me it almost sucks uh some of the value out of the flywheel and you're kind of benefiting the people who aren't staking um by buying back the token anyway. So like I'm not a big fan of like all right I'm going to stake a token and get paid out in that same token just because I think from a tax perspective it makes zero sense. Um but that's that's that only
2: sense? that's only if you get to pick it like like let's say they are paying out ETH and you don't want ETH you want stables, right? Like Everyone has that same problem. That's just like a tax problem, not like what if people get ETH. But it's it's the
1: sell pressure on Lido though. Like like so like if you're paying out, like say you pay a million dollars in Lido and thirty percent of that's then going to be owed on taxes, people are going to sell it. Well, yeah, but like like ETH, it doesn't matter if you sell it because it's well. Well, what I'm saying is like on the buybacks, you end up it ends up being taxed though. So all those no, buybacks I mean, they're doing ends up being taxed is like what I'm saying. If that's paid out in a different token. I'm just fine. saying like mathematically,
2: yeah. it it still works out that like the buyback leaves more value than the sell for like, cause you're only selling 30% for tax. Right.
1: But yeah, then you're only getting 70% of the value is what I'm saying because there is tax on your own token.
2: Yeah. Like, I guess you're, you're getting taxed on ETH too, right? Like <laughs> that's.
1: But the tax isn't in your own token is what I'm saying. So like you're, I'm saying you're not getting as much value out of it as you could. Um, is the way I see it, and yeah, th- and I that's think why...
2: Lyden would say like, okay, maybe on like we're getting nickel and dime here, but we're choosing to retain that within the DAO as opposed to pushing it out to staked users, and that's just a design choice.
0: Well, you yeah. don't. Uh, so a couple of things is uh, you don't typically have to claim rewards uh, until a certain until you want to, right? So even if even if they distribute them, uh, they're not taxable until you claim them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, on the capital gains front, you know, it, it's it. I like the capital gains. Some people may not like them. Some people may want the, the, the revenue income coming from them. So I, I just want to bring up a post that Monet Supply had. He was one of the first commenters and he had a couple of comments on this proposal. Uh, he said that the the value of the stake tokens of, as insurance is probably not that high because you know all of these token prices are highly re- reflexive. And if there was a slashing event in LDO, people are already going to be selling off LDO in the first place. So the price is going to go way down. That means you're going to have to sell even more LDO to, to cover the uh, to cover the gap. Uh, he also thought that the six thousand ETH insurance fund doesn't really seem sufficient at all uh, to insure uh, against any sort of like small or moderate losses. Uh, and you know the he also says that Lido continues to have significant token dominated or denominated operating expenses from liquidity mining for steth. And he doesn't really think it makes sense to be making distributions to token holders uh, when the protocol is not actually profitable yet. And uh, you know, also Lido has limited development responsibilities, which could be better spent on other priorities that could grow the protocol rather than focusing on distributing existing revenue. And you know, with high growth companies, you don't typically see them turn into dividend companies in, in that amount of time. And so Monet Supply thinks that they should continue, maybe do another year or two years see how they grow, build up a bigger insurance buffer. uh, And then at that point have this discussion again.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that 68 is small. was like, that was kind of my first thought. And then my only other pushback is I'd much rather see like uh, a rebasing or like sushi, like system, like have Lido for X Lido where like you can, you grow your stack and there's a little bit of inflation um, or they can, pay that back um but like a model like that i think makes so much more sense instead of an income model um like just because you can move it to capital gains like that's just personal i would say preference um but i do think there should be a bigger benefit for staking and um i think uh i don't love that they're paying rewards in their own token it's really my two things but
0: yeah, I mean I agree with that last point that they should probably become fully profitable first before they before they start any of these distributions or buybacks. Like if they can spend money and grow the protocol and become larger and you know increase market capitalization through like spending, having expenses versus distributing income, uh, they should do that first, right? Uh, and and I don't think they're, they're they're still not yet in that like mature state uh, where, you know, they can just turn into that one of those like hundred year dividend companies or tokens that you're going to buy.
2: Yeah. I mean, so uh, the small cap scientists, if what we're talking about is like accruing rewards into like a wrapper or like one is saying here, like, you know, compounded M-um- umami versus m umami like that, like, yeah, sure. Like someone should build a wrapper on top of that. If lighter doesn't do it themselves, like the same way they do wrap steak teeth, just do steak teeth. But Like, that inherently requires the buyback and for you to get paid in your own token, right?
1: It still would, but then the user isn't as responsible for the income taxes. It's not sell pressure because it's capital gains.
2: Yeah, Does that make sense? Like, the
1: the difference is income and capital gains. So income, like, if they're paying Lido to Lido stakers, anytime I claim that, I automatically owe 30% because it's income, or more, 30 or 40%. And then if you pay it out as, like, a rebase or something like that, or, like, I like deposit my Lido. Yeah. And then in six months I take yeah. out like one and a half Lido it's capital gains. It's different. Like yeah, it's there's, the exact there's, a, there's a
2: difference. It's the exact same thing. It's just a different around. model. Yeah. Ohm and Geom, right. or wrap, uh, yes, wrap exactly. on last year. And sorry, I got to run in three minutes. So I'll stop taking all the oxygen out of my room. Oh, it's all right.
0: We're, we're coming up on 40 minutes anyways. So
2: thing I just want to say is like, I cannot believe we're at this point now where like a real substantial company that is like an, a pillar of infrastructure of this industry is trying to like take a shitcoin and turn it into like a real token with utility and cash flow, And like, we think that's a step in the wrong direction. Like the irony there is not lost on me.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. I think it's uh, mainly because we want to direct them into the direction that we really want them to go. Well, this I is the direction actually, I want uh, them to go. It's kind <laughs> like... of a positive, great. It's great that you have a different opinion, honestly. But I do think that uh, you know uh, responses from the community. It's like Token Bryce said when he was on. Uh, we only respond to projects we care about and want to like to to, to see thrive. If we don't care and you, we think it's useless and not going to work, no one even bothers uh, anyway. So I kind of think it's natural. And I think that if so many people do have uh, a lot of stuff to criticize it, uh, maybe some of the points are uh, true. And maybe it will uh, make LIDO choose uh, even a better model instead of uh, rushing uh, uh, one which is not perfect uh, according to most of their uh, user base.
2: Maybe.
0: Well, that's probably a good place to wrap it up on. Uh, There's a bunch of other, you know, kind of bigger crypto macro stuff, but we're here for the DeFi and we're here to talk about contracts and Curve and all the things that we love and we do with on a daily basis. So, Thank you. Hey, we had a huge crowd here for this edition of Leviathan News. I'm sure you're all watching either through uh, Twitter or YouTube. Make sure to subscribe and share us out. It always helps when we uh, can can infiltrate into new places and have our world domination so we can bring the the cult of Leviathan to... Hit our <laughs> tentacles <news>? everywhere. <clears throat> I put our te- there you go. I like that oh, one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. Yeah. Thank Uh, you, everyone. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Come
3: back. Come again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you.